hot topics. I warned you last week, by the way, yes, this is our There Is More t-shirt. Those will be available next week. I'm a walking billboard today. You're welcome. You can buy those next week, but we're going to dive right in uh, to the weeds, the gumbo mud, if you will, of this series. And I told you last week, my disclaimer, this will be a PG-12 message. I say 12 because my 12-year-old sat through the first service and heard this message. So, I'm going to avoid being intentionally vulgar, but when you discuss marriage and sexuality from a biblical perspective, there are just some things that cannot be avoided, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we have children's ministry. I don't know why I did that, just for you. I didn't do that in first service, Um, but if your child hears something that you did not want them to hear, um, I encourage you today, if you've never done this before, to take advantage of children's ministry. That is my disclaimer, um, because I can no longer afford with children becoming addicted to immoral images at the age of 10 years old. I can no longer afford to allow secular society to define biblical standards and teach my children sexuality. I need to define sexuality and have appropriate conversations about a God-created act before they begin to make it perverted and awkward in the hallways, locker rooms, and God forbid, philosophy 101, challenging ideologies that I should become a safe place for my children to discuss now. I want to open with a couple examples just to maybe lighten the mood a little bit. Um, You can see on the screen behind me, we are We are in a new era, if you will, in the United States of America. Ford has created a very gay Raptor, and all of the Chevy truck drivers said, I knew those guys leaned that way. Um, Was that better? It was a little bit. Listen, I drive. I drive a Ford, okay? So before we go any further, if that offended you, just hang on. I'm just trying to keep it as light as possible. That's funny right there. Anyway, so Nike has tennis shoes. Adidas made male swimsuits. It's like they've always made male swimsuits, but not like they are now. And there's just stuff going on. I still shop at Home Depot sometimes. Um, You know, most of the time I ask somebody else to fix things that I bring. But sometimes I go to Home Depot. Uh, they've been sponsoring the Gay Pride Parade for a really long time. And, and uh, I still have Disney because uh, there's some good movies, but there's like this whole celebrate pride. Yes, take God's promise and wave it around as a banner of pride. Let me know how that works out after I'm gone in Jesus' name. But we have all these different things. And so I can't even watch commercials right now with my children without seeing like homosexual or transgender people, couples, trans, I know there's a difference between transgender and transsexual and gay and lesbian and queer and plus minus non-binary. What in the Hades? What? I don't know. I don't know what all's going on. I'm just saying when you begin to demoralize the standard that God set, there is no depth that you will not go to. So we have all these things, and we were watching Jurassic Park, not like the live version, like the cartoon on Netflix. I mean, there were still some people being eaten by dinosaurs, but it was like cartoony type people. And so we, we watched that with our kids, and then all of a sudden, after two seasons, these teenage girls, they like develop this attraction to one another. And now we have a generation full of people that it's actually cool now. I have some friends who pastor in bigger cities. It's actually cool to claim that you're bisexual. Like that's like the new thing. I'm bisexual. Why are you bi- are you're bisexual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had like, a, are you in a relationship? Have you done? No, I just, I just, I'm attracted to both. Okay. Well, hang on. Let's just pause for a minute. We have all these things going on. And so a couple of years ago, we decided as a church that we needed to define biblically marriage and sexuality. And we have 16 fundamental truths in the Assemblies of God, and they begin, number one, with the Bible being the inspired word of God. See, when when the Bible's not the absolute authority, then anything goes. And when, when you begin to put 
I'm going to go ahead and go there. We'll just open this way. We'll just offend everybody, get it out of the way, and move forward in the series. But when you begin to put the papacy and the magistrate and the ecclesia and other books and other ideologies up beside God's word, then it causes confusion, and there's nothing that you can't add to or take away, even though John said not to. It's this book. And so according to this book, we believe... The only biblically justified marriage is the joining of one man with one woman. God's word, oh, we don't like this one, calls us to intimacy with him and one spouse or just with him. Therefore, there should be no, everybody say no. No. There should be no intimate sexual activity outside of holy matrimony. That would include teenagers swapping spit. Yes, I just put them in the same category. Because there should not even be a hint. Oh, I lost some clappers. My God, what happened? Help me, Jesus, get through this message. I think I might step on everybody's foot because the Bible steps on mine. There should be no intimacy. The apostle Paul says, not even a hint of immorality among you outside of holy matrimony. And so the list goes on, any form of immorality, et cetera, et cetera, changing your gender, appearance of surgery. You can't serve here. You can come here, but there are areas in which we can't use you. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a little bit of angst, like I'm I'm a little tired of this coddling intolerance of 5% of the American society. I'm not a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna designate, okay? If, if you know someone or if you are someone who f- affiliates in this ideology and or is pro this agenda, just hang on a second. But the reason that Ford and Nike and Adidas and Disney and all the other corporate companies are doing this is not because they care about agendas. They care about money. That's why Bud Light appealed. That's why Ford is trying to change the definition of masculinity. Look, I can wear a rainbow t-shirt. In fact, I support the rainbow and its humility before an almighty God who flooded the earth. I'm not going to allow secular society to take biblical definitions, distort them, and then me call them evil just because they represent them a different way. You don't have to go there. We live in a God-forsaking culture. And it's not just in South Louisiana. It's not just in Washington. It's not, we, it's not California. It's not East Coast, West Coast, Southern or Canada. It's, we live in a God-forsaking world. It's not forsaken, it's forsaking. Hey guys, here, get, listen, just, just swallow this pill with me real quick. We live in a post-Christian America. My graduate thesis was God's rights in America. I could argue that we were never a Christian society. I could argue that we were a Christian society, but we didn't live like a Christian society, which is probably why the world is trying to redefine everything because the Christians hadn't been valuing the standards of the word. Oh, I ain't got time. I'm going to come back to it in a minute. But we live in a post-Christian America. Guess what that means? There's a whole lot of potential to win a whole lot of lost people. Okay, so number one, No matter where you are on this spectrum, I felt like this is where God wanted me to go. First and foremost, I need to remember that I am to stand against agendas without attacking individuals. You have to designate the person from the ideology. I have people in my family that I love and I don't mind being around. Guys, I was an MC for pageants between 18 and 21 or 22 until Megan said, uh, no, you're not. I was like, it's just one of me with 50 of them. What could go wrong? She's like, you're staying home, stupid. 
in a matter of speaking. There is no more flamboyancy than in the men in that industry. Just because I believe in the standards of the Bible does not mean that I'm afraid of an agenda and or an individual who believes in an agenda. So if you identify with LGBTQ or plus minus, and I'm not making this up, then I don't hate you. Um, I'm not mad at you. I have people that I care about who are living this lifestyle. A side note, just quickly, just because you're attracted to something doesn't mean that you are something. In other words, attraction does not determine identity. Are you with me real quick? I, 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 wanna, I, I need to confess. I, I'll, I'll be married. Megan and I have been married in October for, for 15 years. And um, I just, in front of her, I've even made this known, but, but over the last 15 years of holy matrimony, um, she is not the only woman that I've been attracted to. I know, right? So like, what? Yeah, I know. Hey, newsflash, ladies, no offense. Um, but that doesn't make me an adulterer. It's what I do with the desire. It's what I do with the attraction. See, I, I will stand before a holy God and present her as an offering. The greatest offering he ever gave me was my wife his daughter. I'm not just his son. I'm his son-in-law. You can hear about that next week for Father's Day. I will present her as Jesus presents me. And so I take the attraction. I put it in its proper place because I don't want to die in my sleep because she knows the word of God. And she read that Jesus Christ said, it would be better for you to be lame and maim than in to enter into hell hole. And if she needs to help me, she will. <laughs> Yet we still stand against the agendas. I have to designate the difference between the agenda and the individual. As much as I hate it, guys, I, I, I rebuke it. When it comes on my television, I pause the commercial, trying to watch a baseball game, trying to watch football. We were watching a cartoon. I rebuke it. I rebuke the agenda. I rebuke the demon. And by the way, I do the same thing whenever two teenagers start playing like they're married and they're nowhere near being ready to be married. So we don't play those games. I'd better be careful because I'm standing on a really fat big toe. When it comes to real estate commercials where two flamboyant men are buying a home together, I, I, I can't. I rebuke it. But then every time, you can ask my wife, I say, we do not hate those people. We hate the ideology. I stand against the agenda. I designate the difference. I personally believe, and hang in here with me for a second, we could debate this theologically at another time, now would not be a good time, um, but I personally believe that this can only be demonic, this specifically. Now, for no one is righteous, no, not one, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But many sins, hone in, catch this, many sins are an excess of a natural desire. Okay, so greed, which Jesus talked about 10 times more than he talked about immorality, and yet we still have people that get offended because we spent six, six weeks on a series of generosity, and we worship God with our giving every Sunday. But Jesus talked 10 times more about greed. So greed is an excess of a healthy desire for God's provision in your life. Lust is an excess of a godly desire that he gave male and female so that they could be fruitful and multiply the earth as he commanded. Addiction. <laughs> Gluttony. Yes, I just put overeating in the same category. All of these things are in excess of a natural desire. And yet, when you begin to move into this area, this is a rebellion against the natural creation. There's only one thing 
that rebels completely against the way that God designed something. And I need to remind you today, I'm not talking about the person, because the Apostle Paul reminded us our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is against powers and principalities of darkness. So stand and put on the whole armor of God. I have to separate the individual from the agenda because Jesus told me to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. And then he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then some smart aleck, self-righteous person said, well, who is your neighbor? And Jesus said, I'm so glad that you asked. He's told a story of a Jew who was beaten and broken and left for dead. And a random individual, a Christian person walked right by him and a political leader walked right by him and a Jewish leader walked right by him and then all of a sudden, this forsaken Samaritan came by and did the right thing. And so I believe that if my neighbor's a cussing Cajun, I'm supposed to love him. If my neighbor is someone who is addicted to alcohol and or God forbid methamphetamines or crack cocaine, or maybe my neighbor is a person who's stuck in the 60s and they're still a pot-smoking hippie. I don't, I'm supposed to love them. If my neighbor's a Muslim, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to love them. If my neighbor's a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness and they're always knocking on my front door, that's funny, I'm sorry. <laughs> Invite them in. The devil just messed up. He sent someone who doesn't believe Jesus to be the actual son of God aligned with the Father and the Holy Spirit to your front door. Get over yourself and give them some word. Come on, somebody. You're supposed to love your neighbor. Guys, we can't just cast out devils and call people straight. But we also can't disciple demons. Oh, <laughs> See, it's not an either-or conversation. We don't believe in salvation or discipleship. We believe in both. You and I can disagree. And we can still stay civil. We need a return to civility in the church. If you want to see a return to civility in Congress, then return to civility in the church. I'm all for our lobbyists, I'm all for our politicians, I'm all for people who stand against policies and platforms that don't represent scripture. I'm not for getting in fights on Facebook and all these keyboard gangsters that only have something to say when they're hiding behind a screen. I ain't got time to go there today. But I'm telling you, let me just prophesy right now to all of those who are in the dog days of summer with me. Come January 2024, we will not fight about politics and or political leaders. We will not fight and we will not argue and we will not cause division amongst the people of God, whether they're blue or red or yellow or green. We will fight according to scripture for the unity of the spirit and we will stand against powers and principalities and we will win people because we are known as followers of Jesus. I, I'm ready. Bring it. I wasn't ready in 2020. I wasn't ready. I was, it was inexperienced. I was young. I just, I wasn't ready. And I was like, whoa, whoa, all these demons. Mask, no mask demons. And vaccine, no vaccine demons. And donkeys and elephants demons. And red and blue demons. And Democrat and Republican demons. And demons cause division. Children come together. Uh, somebody need to praise God if you believe it because I'm going to preach it in 2024 whether you go with me or not and I might make you mad when you get stuck on something that's not going to matter four years from now anyways you and I can disagree just because somebody else believes something dishonorable does not mean that you get to become dishonorable Ooh, God is helping me we can talk about why we disagree. 
That's the problem, though. Most Christians know what they believe. They have no idea why. And they have an even harder time practicing what they say. They believe, I better keep going today. Let me introduce you. Let me just pause for a moment and go drink some water. I want to introduce you to Dr. Linda Seiler, an expert in this area specifically. So uh, as uh, Fabian mentioned, I, in 2020, I graduated from the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary with my uh, PhD in intercultural studies. And my dissertation work was 30 case studies of men and women who were formerly same-sex attracted and have experienced transformation. Now, that's, you're not gonna hear that in the news, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, you know, nobody's talking about transformation. The mantra in our day and age is born gay can't change, born trans can't change, and that we need to reinforce these alternative identities and lifestyles. But the reality is the area of LGBTQ is no different than any other area where we may struggle with disordered desires, right? And so my dissertation work was, it was fascinating to hear from these 30 people and say, what can we learn from your journey of transformation so that we can equip pastors and missionaries and lay leaders in the Assemblies of God and beyond regarding transformation? And so in 2020, I transitioned from the local campus with Purdue University to working with Chi Alpha in a national capacity. And so now I train missionaries in the US and also overseas. I'll be going to Germany in July to train all the Chi Alpha missionaries there across Europe who come together for a conference and trying to help our, our people get to, as we were talking about, we're kind of behind the curve. And in fact, we're so far behind it, we're just trying to keep the curve in sight. <laughs> much less catch up to it and get ahead of the curve. And so that's uh, what I'm doing now, working in that capacity with Chi Alpha. And also last June, um, I stepped into the role of serving as executive director of ReStory Ministries, uh, as in God is rewriting your story. So ReStory was established by a handful of us who are from Assemblies of God, and uh, most of us are, are licensed with the Assemblies of God and have come out of LGBTQ or we have a family member that's come out of that. And so we have a heart to equip churches. Uh, we can't say in our tagline that we are equipping the Assemblies of God for liability and legal reasons. So we remain separate from the AG. We're a 501c3 distinct from the AG, um, but we are endorsed officially by the Assemblies of God. And so we have a website with resources. I'll be mentioning some of those at the end today, but if you or somebody you know is looking for help in this area, we offer resources on our website that are actually banned on Amazon. You won't find them other places because people want to mute the voice of transformation in this area. Even Christians, sadly enough, are speaking against transformation. The people that are seeing transformation are the people that are charismatic and Pentecostals because we have the power of the Holy Spirit for inner healing and, oh, it's a Pentecostal meeting today, hello, Yay. all right, <laughs> all right. Oh, I love it when people appreciate the Holy Spirit. Is he funny? All right, so we had the privilege of hearing Dr. Seiler speak at our Louisiana lead conference just a few weeks ago, and we sat in a session with her, and uh, I actually personally had the privilege to pray with her, put my hand on her shoulder, and, and uh, everybody in the room stand and extend their hands because she is certainly fighting a great battle. Um, I'll come back to that in a little while, but she herself identified as a boy, a male, for many years of her life, and she believes in transformation because she is a product of discipleship, salvation, and is now truly attracted to the male gender and single and looking for a spouse in the will of God, but finding her fulfillment and singleness through Christ and Christ alone. You can go to lindasiler.com. You can also just put her name in a YouTube search. That's where I found the video. And also one of her resources, this is right in line with what we're saying right now. If you want to go study more, it's called Compassion Without Compromise. I know, that was more impressive to me than it was to you, but that's okay. Compassion without compromise. And that's why number one is so important that we understand we can stand against agendas without attacking individuals. Why? Because we need to be compassionate. Listen, I'm a passionate person, but I still care about people. 
So I may preach one way, but in person with an actual individual, I actually address this much differently. We have to remain compassionate. Why? Because we cannot compromise. Why, why can't, and we have, this is an authentic question by a younger person connected to our church. Why can't my friend be gay? Why can't I be attracted and act on that. I can't help who I'm attracted to. Well, here's number two. Here's the reason. Because God's word set the standard. It's not setting the standard. He, he already, God's word already set the standard. See, for us, the Bible is the moral absolute. It's not Hammurabi's code. It's not an emotional discourse where, where truth, this is actually Satanism. This is what the church of Satan teaches, and now it has infiltrated society. But there is no absolute truth. Don't take this out of context. I'm saying this is the church of Satan. There is no absolute truth. In fact, truth is dependent upon the individual's perspective of truth, and that is truth for that person. See, that's what happens when you forget that the word of God is breathed by the mouth of God. This book is the inspired word of God. It's good for doctrine, correction, rebuke, and training in righteousness. And when you put other books up beside this book or other people up beside this book or other ideologies up beside this book, then you begin to add things that are not in this book or remove things that are in this book and you cause confusion even amongst Christians. God's words set the standard. We believe here and practice as a staff that we consider people over policy, people over policy. Example, health fair, we have policy, we have logistics, we have signs, we have directions, we have people who try to hold other people accountable because we believe in policy. And if you don't believe in policy, then go to a third world country and you will see why policy is so important. On the same, in the same breath, we believe that principle is actually more important than people. So people over policy, if somebody gets sick outside, then we'll take care of them. If they become uh, uh, dependent or if they like experience heat stroke, we're, we're not going to make, no, you stand in line. No, that's a policy. Okay, But it doesn't mean that they get to come inside and pee on the floor because, because that's a principle. Okay, I, I know, right? It seems so silly. I mean, they don't get to use a litter box because I know it seems crazy, but that's what's happening right now in society. Whenever you begin to adjust God's word according to your emotions, and do not think that this is just a secular, non-believing issue. See, I cannot allow someone to behave however they want and call it grace. Because grace was never intended to be perverted and extended into tolerance and or a license to sin or continue in a sinful lifestyle. I also, can they just help? I can't be a jerk and call it truth. So the, the, the grace thing got more amens. Did you notice? Did you notice? Like, wait, wait, I can't be a jerk? No. You can't say whatever you want to, to whomever you want to, whenever you want to, however you want to, and claim that you're just telling them the truth. The problem with this is, it's not truth if it doesn't include grace. And it's not grace if it doesn't include truth. Because the Bible says in John 1:14 that he became flesh and dwelt among. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus and he was full of grace. Not or, but and truth. You can't have one without the other because if you do not abide in Christ, you're nothing. All right? Some of you are falling asleep between my passion. That's all right. I'm going to keep going. Listen, I know way too many Bible-beating moralists who have become self-righteous and religiously arrogant. And they have begun to cherry-pick which sins they think God is or is not okay with. And they hate homosexuality, but they were okay with fornication. I got to keep going. God identified sexuality and marriage. Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuality. Watch. Matthew chapter 19, 
And by the way, paralleled in Luke and Mark chapter 10, Jesus answers verse 4. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And what I love about this verse is they were asking him about divorce. And I have heard angry, divorced people use this scripture as a weapon against a homosexual. Now listen, I'm not here to beat you up with the Bible if you've been divorced. I, I grew up in a blended home. My stepfather married my mother when I was four years old for the last 35 years. I almost said 34, and then I remembered I turned 39 last week. What happened for the last 35 years? He's been my daddy, Tim. I, I know that God can take broken things and make them beautiful, but that doesn't justify your immorality before holy matrimony because marriage doesn't make you pure. Okay, that's not going over well. I'm going to keep going. Therefore, verse 5, a man shall leave his father and his mother, not continue to live in his basement, I'm sorry, and, and, and hold fast, hold fast to his wife, the greatest offering that God has ever given him. See, hang on, listen, the reason that the world wants to redefine marriage is because the so-called Bible believers stopped valuing marriage a long time ago. And we cannot expect secular society, secular society to hold true to biblical definitions when we're not willing to live by them when it doesn't suit our feelings and our emotions. This is why I call this marriage and sexuality. The problem is not the scriptures. The problem is the Christians. So they are no longer two but one. See, when you get married and you consummate that marriage, the problem is we have way too many people uniting themselves as one with way too many people outside of holy matrimony and then going, well, everybody lives together. Okay, no, no, so first of all, no, they don't. Well, everybody sleeps together before, and yeah, and that's why 70% of people end up divorced. See, we can't be so hatefully against all these agendas when we're not operating according to biblical standards ourselves. You're no longer two, but one. When God sees me, he sees her. When God sees her, he sees me. And if I were really dissect this thing and go to Ephesians chapter five, then I would understand that as a man, I'm actually even more responsible for her than she is for me because Jesus presents me holy and blameless and I'm supposed to present her holy and blameless. I will walk my daughter down the aisle and I will hand, it, hand her my greatest offering to a young man. He will not just be a son, he will be a son-in-law and I will hold him account. I'm telling you, oh, shut up. I about just prayed in tongues. I will help him. I will help him what? I will help him be courageous, stand firm in the faith, be watchful, act like a man, and be courageous in everything. Let it be done in love. You will love her or I will train you to in righteousness. God feels the same way about me. See, this is marriage and sexuality. God what God therefore joined together, let not man separate. Let me say it this way. We can't change, we can't change biblical definitions to match human emotions. This has already been defined. When God defines something, when God defines something, you can't redefine it. You can disobey it. You can operate outside of the definition, but you don't get to call it marriage if it's not defined as God defined it. We can't change what we call male and female. Well, what about intersex? What about it? What about chromosome 21? What about, what about other issues and abnormalities or exceptions to the generalization? I have a child that can't bend her middle finger because she doesn't have a joint. 
That doesn't mean that I'm against people being able to believe in bending their middle finger. It's a deformity in her hand. It doesn't mean that tomorrow I'm going to come out and identify as a non-finger bender. (laughs) There's an actual issue. That's an actual problem that we need to minister to and need to address. Multiple organs and multiple desires and multiple, may I say, genitalia. Those are, those are real things. But that doesn't mean that we just change the whole thing. See, when God defines something, you can either obey it or disobey it. You can either operate within the definition of this word or you can operate outside of the definition of this word. And although your feelings, hear me, although your feelings are, are, they really are, your feelings are more important than my opinion. And by the way, an individual should always be more important than your opinion. But your feelings are not more important than my child's purity. Your feelings are not more important than the integrity of the house. I cannot approve of your lifestyle just to show you that I accept you as a person. You know, listen, I I can't. So I care about you. I just can't care more about you than I do absolute truth. But it can't be absolute truth unless I present it with grace and compassion. So if you want to be gay or trans or get drunk or be greedy or burn candles to statues or drink like a fool or cuss like an idiot, then you're, you're free to do that because this is America. You're just not free to do it in my home. You're just, not, you're just not free to expose my children to it. If you want to be addicted to immoral images and self-pleasure and you can't wait every week to party and drink and have fun on the weekend and I'm not even going to mess with Mardi Gras this week. You can do that, but sometimes loving someone requires an open rebuke. I know, I don't like it either. Sometimes it's not loving to allow unbiblical, unhealthy desires to exist and call it tolerance. That's not loving, that's enabling. God's word set the standards. It's not loving to enable someone to live a disillusioned and disobedient life that's going to lead them to eternal separation from a holy God who paid for their sin just like he paid for yours. Listen to the way that the apostle Paul said it. Before I go there, let me just say, you can come just as you are. We have people who struggle with all of these things that I just mentioned. But there's a difference in struggling with something and succumbing to it. You can come just as you are, but you cannot behave however you want to. If you identify as a woman and you are a six foot four inch male in a neon miniskirt, I'm sorry, you cannot use the bathroom with my daughter. I'm not that creative. That's a real thing. That happened. Because God's word set the standard. Okay, since we established that God's word set the standard, let's see some of the things that we all agree that he said. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Do you not know that unrighteousness will not inherit? He actually didn't say unrighteousness. He said the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, this is a kingdom of God issue. Do not be deceived. Neither will those who thought it was okay to sleep around and then just get married. Repent. You can't carry immorality into holy matrimony and wonder why everything's still so messed up because you're still comparing your spouse to other people. 
Your spouse is not your object because your spouse is not your only. And when you go back to the place where you were in holy matrimony and you look at that person as the only person on earth that is the will of God for you, then he can bless it. Neither the sexual immoral nor the idolaters, those who worship other people or other things, nor the adulterers, those who practice promiscuity outside of holy matrimony, be it premarital or extramarital. God has never been okay with it. He hasn't changed his mind on sin. For men who practice homosexuality, none of these. Romans chapter 1, Paul speaks to this at least three different times. God established it in Leviticus 18. Well, there's a lot of things in Leviticus 18. Should we also stone adulterers and send the men with nightly emissions outside of the city for seven days? No, hang on, hang on. Do not confuse the punishment of sin with the acceptance of sin. And we really need to be grown up enough to understand the context of that conversation. Just because Jesus paid the price and the consequence of sin right now is not the same as the consequence of sin back then does not mean that God has changed his mind about what is moral and immoral. Those things are different. And that's why when the woman caught in the act of adultery was thrown at the feet of Jesus, Jesus got down in the dirt with the dirty. And he, he said, hey, listen, let he who is without sin be the first to slap her in the face with the Bible. And then he looked and he said, woman, where are your accusers? See, the standard has not changed, but I'm about to carry the consequence. And since they're not here because they sinned too, then I will not condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Verse 10, still talking about unrighteous people who will not inherit the kingdom of God, nor thieves, nor the greedy. What? can't believe he's asking us to sponsor children. We just went through six weeks of there is more above and beyond giving. I'm finally learning. I, I just started tithing, and now he wants me to take my note on my side-by-side -side and my house and my two vehicles and my private school child and everything else. We got sponsorships, and we've got baseball every weekend and academics, and I don't know what the pastor does for a living, but my life costs money. I've been holding that one in. I, a... Don't worry, I'll preach it at other people's church too. It doesn't do me any good. Nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, that word's translated abusers, nor the swindlers, liars, cheats, manipulators. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, such were some of you. When you forget your fallenness, you begin to forsake those that Jesus wants to save. Such were some of you. Oh, I'm about to pray in tongues and edify myself right here. But you were washed. You were washed by the word of God. You were sanctified by the Holy Spirit. It is the will of God that you would be made holy and not given to all of this unrighteousness. And therefore, you were justified in the name. You were made right with God, not because of how much you pray or how much you read or how how many hell marries or hell throws it matters not what you say or what you do in accordance with your salvation you are justified by one name and one person who gave everything so that he could have you you are made righteous by Christ and Christ alone now live it 
oh, I'm going to hurt myself in five minutes. Because number three, I came to remind this church today that the blood is greater. The blood is greater than the guilt. The blood is greater than the sin. The blood is greater than the stain. The blood is greater than the past. The blood is greater than the immorality. The blood is greater than the confusion. The blood is greater than the false identity. The blood is greater than the attack. The blood is greater than the irritated. And the blood is greater than the annoying agendas. The blood is greater. And we got too many Christians cherry-picking which sins to be offended by and which ones they want to obey. Let me say it again just in case the people in the back didn't hear me or the people asleep didn't hear me. We got way too many Christians. I'm a sing preacher. I'm so excited about it. We have way too many Christians cherry-picking which sin they want to be offended by and which one they want to obey. The blood is greater. The blood is greater. When a giant came up against the army of Israel, he didn't anoint the army. He anointed a boy with a rock. When an army came up against Israel, he anointed a prophet against an army. When the powers and principalities of hell itself came up against the kingdom of God, he sent his only begotten son to pay the ultimate price. And by the shedding of blood in him and by his blood, I have redemption. And by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. See, what I show has got to line up with what I say. And when I plead the blood and I walk in the blood and I fight with the blood and I pray in the blood though my sins were like scarlet I've been washed white as snow because there's still power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb there's power in the blood so I'm not afraid of agendas because there's power in the blood I'm not afraid of demons because there's power in the blood I'm not afraid of policies and politicians it doesn't offend me no matter who's sitting in the seat of the White House because I know who's sitting on the throne in God's house I am not affected in Jesus name by the decisions of man I am empowered with anointing over attacks and enemies of God's Word because there is power in the blood Jesus died once and for all I wish I had 10 minutes I'd keep preaching this part Jesus died once and for all just just one time that's how you know God's a daddy because he only had to do it once <laughs> come on he gonna learn right now I'm not talking about venial sins and mortal sins. I'm not, I'm not telling you that all sins are the same because the Apostle Paul designated that there are sins that are outside of the body and immorality is a sin against your own body. I'm, I, I believe that the Apostle John said that there are sins that lead unto death that you don't even pray for. Well, which ones are they? You can ask him when you get there. As long as I'm here, I'm going to believe that with man these things are impossible. But I serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he can beat giants and armies and save sinners back then, then he can do the same thing today with his church that is supposed to rise above and against the powers on behalf of the people. Jesus died. So the question is not. I got to close. It's hot. I'm freezing. You're crazy. It's 70. The question is not, are you gay? I love the conversation with the former person, Tim Keller. He passed away not too long ago. A guy asked him, he said, so pastor, do gay people go to hell? Do homosexuals go to hell? See, he wanted just 
Yes or no? And, and, and Tim said, you know, just for the sake of this conversation, I refuse to simplify this answer to that, yes or no. Because for me to just blatantly say that homosexuals go to hell would be for me to possibly believe that heterosexuals go to heaven. So he wasn't skirting the question. He was pointing him to the main point. It's always essential that we keep the main thing the main thing. The question is not, are you gay? The question is not, have you been divorced? The question is not, are you a drunk? The question is not, are you an addict? The question is not, are you a Catholic? I can't get no help on this side, I'm gonna go over here. The question is not, are you Protestant? The question is not, were you raised Baptist? Were you baptized in water or were you baptized in fire? The question is not in the name of Jesus only or in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The question is not whether you're Assembly of God or Methodist, they're non-denominational and you don't wanna answer to anybody the question is are you covered in the blood or not are you born again or not are you following Jesus or not that's the only thing that matters that's the question that we have to answer so do not be distracted by demonic agendas and remember who you are and who gave his life for you See, my life is about receiving the free gift of salvation. Pursuing his presence. How could a young man keep his way pure? By obeying his word. Are you born again? Do you wake up every morning and think, how can I live for my heavenly father today? Do you carry the burden of the great commission? and look for opportunities to lead people by your example to actually live for Jesus. For this is the gospel. It is the power of God unto those who believe. I have preached myself into pain and I have to do it one more time. I am so passionate about your soul that I don't care how you came in. Because oh, I remember the Sunday when I walked in broken. I remember the Wednesday when I came in that night. I remember the altar when I said, God, I surrender. I remember the moments when I finally caught on to the power of what Jesus did for me and my children and my children's children and you are going to catch this thing and I'm going to preach this gospel and God help me not to disqualify myself by becoming distracted with byproducts I'm hot and I believe you're ready.